And I'm going to go ahead and then, uh, invite my brother Miranda. He's the, the head of the worship school at VBI. And so we're going to go ahead and invite him to come on up and, and just turn it over to him and his team. So let's welcome him to New Covenant Fellowship. Thank you, Pastor CJ. Well, good morning, everyone. Are you glad to be here? If you are, look at your neighbor. Give him a big smile. Tell him you sure look good today. Even if you have to say it by faith, go ahead. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, like Pastor CJ said, my name is Edwin Miranda, and I get the pleasure of serving as the assistant director for Victory Bible Institute and then the director of the School of Worship. And this morning, we were letting worship by one of our teams from the School of Worship. And didn't they do a great job, everybody? Amen. Well, that's our heart at Victory Bible Institute. You know, our theme is this, find the life that you were born to live. And the focus of VBI is a two-year school where we help people find the life that they were born to live. How many of you know that until we know who Christ is, what He has done, and who we are in Him, we will not reach our destiny? And that's our focus. And we have students that come from over 45 nations. That's why this morning as I looked around, I saw the different faces, the different nations represented. I myself am from Puerto Rico. Anybody ever been there before? Puerto Rico. It's amazing how God, when you follow His plan, He takes you places you never thought. Amen? Well, VBI, we have some information at the table. I want to encourage you. You know, you may, I know this is a college town, but even if you are 18 or you are 85, we've had students from all age groups. There is something that the Lord may have for you at VBI, whether you relocate to Tulsa, which might be difficult for some of us, but we have an online off-campus program where you, from the comfort of your home, can take classes, the same ones we take at VBI. From New Testament, Principles of Prayer, Authority of the Believer, How to Be Led by the Holy Spirit. How many of you know want to want to increase that in your life? I want to make that available to you. If you are maybe praying or wanting to follow more in the call of God for your life, we have that for you this morning. But, you know, before I turn it over, we have a couple of students that are going to come up and just share from their heart and just share just how faithful God has been in their life. And then Caleb Parker, where are you at, brother? Going to come up and deliver the word this morning. Amen. It's going to be great. But, you know, as I was thinking here, and uh, how many of you felt the earthquake last night? Whoa. Well, you know, two nights ago, uh, in the middle of the night, um, actually, I, I was asleep with my wife. She felt the first one. And then I immediately, you know, got our iPod, put it, pulled it up on Facebook. Immediately, people started writing about it and then last night we were in the middle of the night you know we're getting ready for bed and all of a sudden lights were out and then things start moving you know and all of a sudden we started praying in the spirit of god hallelujah you know we have an 18 month old and and different things like that so we were like all right but how many of you know that the season that we're in is exciting and at the same time it is a season for you and i as the church to rise up in who God has made us to be. And when the things in the natural are shaken, but also in people's lives are being shaken, you and I know that we have a sure foundation. And that foundation is Jesus. That foundation is the creator of the universe who just happens to live on the inside of you through his spirit. So when things around you are shaken on the inside, you can be stable. You know, Psalm 112 says this. It says, blessed is the person 
who fears God and delights in his commandments. Hallelujah. In other words, he says this, a person who puts God's thoughts, God's word first in his or her life. It gives you several things that happen in their, in their life. But I love verse 7 and 8. It says this, he will not be moved when bad reports come. This is a paraphrase, of course, Psalm 112, 7 and 8. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. And before I turn it over to our students, I really sense to just encourage you that you can have a steadfast heart no matter what's happening around you. Attacks may come. World situations may come. But how many of you know the name of the Lord is a strong tower? The righteous run into it and they are safe. And I want to put this in your heart. It is not time to fear right now. It's not the time to fear. It's the time to rest. And it's the time to be in tune to what God is saying. And to be a light wherever we go. That whenever people around us are shaken, whether that's naturally or in their lives, you and I can provide a source of comfort. Hallelujah. And I feel like the Lord is wanting to encourage us with that this morning. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to walk in rest. I'm going to walk in peace. Hallelujah. No matter what's happening, I'm going to trust in Jesus. Come on, tell him, I'm going to trust in Jesus. Do you believe that this morning? Well, you guys, this morning, it is my pleasure to introduce some of our students this morning. And they're going to share a little bit, like I said. And um, I just pray today that you just be encouraged. Amen. And receive all that God has for you. Amen. Thank you so much. Stephanie, come on up. Stephanie Cunningham is going to share. Stephanie is actually from Ireland. I mean, anybody from Ireland in the house? Here we go. Hi, everybody. I'm Stephanie Cunningham, and I just want to tell you a little bit about my story. Um, I was born in Ireland. My parents were there for a few years. They were pastoring a church. And uh, we moved back when I was just two weeks old. So... I have a dual citizenship, which is, like, amazing because I know that I'm going to use it in the future for God's will in my life. And, um, well, I can just say, like, there's a few things that I know that God um, has provided for our family, like, amazing. And one of the things is our, our houses and where we've lived. And um, we moved back to Ireland when I was 10, and uh, we had just a few connections there. And our house, our first house that we got, um, it was on a hill facing an estuary of the ocean. And it was beautiful. And that's just one, one example of how God provided in my life. And when we had to move from that house because um, the owners ha- were giving it to their brother because he had just gotten married, we, didn't, we had just a few weeks to find another house. And my parents are praying and, and just seeking the Lord on what to do. And... It seemed like nothing was coming together, and we were just praying and praying. And we had found a house that was just not very good, not what we would think God would want us to live in. And it was coming down to the last days, and this guy called my dad, and he said, I've been calling around looking for you. This uh, salesman had been looking for my dad to tell him that we have a house that hasn't been on, like nobody has seen it, 
And he called him and he said, I just want you to look at this because I think you'd like it. And it was, like, amazing because he had thought of my dad. The Holy Spirit had placed it in his heart. He's not a Christian man. And my dad looked at it, and it was a five-bedroom house with five bathrooms, a huge backyard. And um, that's the house that we live in now in Ireland. And we have used it so much for the ministry. We've had just so many, uh, you can say, parties, like, for the church and all that stuff. And it's just been amazing how God has provided in our family's life, in our church, back home, and just how when you look to him and when you're following what he's called you to do, where he's called you to be, he will always place that provision in your life, even when it looks like, you know what? We're going to some place that I don't think God wants us to go. If you keep your eyes on him, he'll change it. He'll change that path because he knows where you need to go, what you need to have, and where you need to be, and he'll place it in your life. Excellent job, Stephanie. Thank you. How many of you are believing God for provision right now in some way? Let me see your hands. Well, let's pray. The Word of God said this, I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. The Word of God says this, When we give, it shall be given unto us, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall people give unto our bosom? Many times the answer to what we're looking for will come through a vehicle of a person. Lord, I agree with my brothers and sisters right now. You know what the need is, whether it's financial, whether it's a home, a car, employment. Lord, you, are, you said in your word that no good thing will you withhold from those who walk uprightly. So, God, we believe you in the name of Jesus right now for every person whose hands is uplifted. And we thank you for providing in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to encourage you to be expectant now for a divine idea from God. Because many times the answer to what we need comes in the form of an idea that when we act on it, the answer comes. Amen? Chris Collins, come on up. Brother Chris is going to share. Come on, let's give him a hand. One of our awesome students as well. Well, hello. My name is Chris Collins, as he said. Um, hello. Okay, okay, we're here, we're here. Well, anyway, um, I'm going to share a little bit about myself, really brief. I don't really don't even know where to start, but I was born in Frankfurt, Germany. And then we lived in Greece. My, of course, I'm an Army brat. And then uh, we moved to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So, of course, I'm a Steelers fan. I apologize to anybody who's offended by that. But the will of God is in Pittsburgh. Hallelujah. But anyway, um, with, with, with me, it was um, our family now got to a point to where the Word of God is now the final authority. But it wasn't always like that. There was a lot of issues that had taken place that was inside of the household. But one thing that I can assure you with is whenever you stick with God, he changes your perspective on things. Whenever I was younger, I always had like a what was me attitude. Of course, I've seen, you know, a lot of people die around me, got involved with some things I shouldn't have. And it kind of developed the attitude, even in church, that my mindset was, I don't care. Well, you need to sit here. Make me sit there. Well, you need to do this because we've been doing this for like 50 years in this church. So what? You know, but then the one thing I also didn't like, because I was just, once again, what was me? Very selfish. I, I had this perspective that, okay, so whenever we're at the Steeler game, we're going buck wild. We're just screaming. We're yelling. We're having fun. We don't even care if, you know, the local, you know, musicians around, everybody gathers up. Everybody's really excited. But whenever we got to church, everybody was kind of like, in your freedom I will live. I was like, 
That's free. That's really free. That's that is that is absolutely amazing. But anyway, but but it was, it was funny though because my mindset, my perspective was in the world, but it was also in Christ, somewhat. And I remember one day in my quiet time, or the lack thereof, but it was kind of like a mixture of it, you know, kind of going on. God told me that he wants to be close to me. And that was new to me because even in our church, yes, it was a word of faith church, but it was, it was anyway, I'm not going to talk about that. But anyway, at least how I took things, you want to be close to me. He wants to know me. The way I grew up, of course, we grew up in a strict household. Of course, you know, it's kind of weird. You ever see like little kids like talk back to their parents? I've heard kids like say, shut up, mom. I get scared, like as if my dad's going to correct me, you know. That's just, that's just, that just is how we were raised. You honor your parents, I say do it, so you do it. Well, no, you do it, you know, that type of feel. Now, of course, they have pros and cons with that, but, you know, one thing about making the word the final authority is it doesn't really matter what's going on in the world. Just like an eagle can set itself above the, you know, the, the weather, that's how God sets our perspective and our mindset over situations. So, of course, we're children of God, so we have overcome the world. Because we're children of God, even our faith. God's given us the capability to where, yes, we can look at a situation just like Dr. Miranda was saying here. But in the same respect, just because there's earthquakes going on, I don't have to be subject to what's going on in the world. You know, I remember my dad, whenever he was making a transition to really be a strong man of faith, he was tempted at times to, I need to get the money for this, I need to do this. But he made us believe. He said, you know what, just like Joshua said, I know there's a lot of stuff going on. He was really ministering to himself, which really opened the eyes to me. Yet, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So let that be an encouragement to you. Of course, God has hope for us. Don't allow life to strip you of your hope, that confident expectation. I notice like the enemy likes to attack our hope, and without that hope, there's no faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So don't allow the enemy to steal your hope. We have the confident expectation. God knows the thoughts and the plans, the thought to give us a future, a hope. So let there be an encouragement to you. Lord, I God, thank you so much. Wow, I'm getting blessed right now. Hallelujah. Caleb, come on up to share what God has put in your heart. Hallelujah. Hey, guys. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, I've been blessed to, to be with you guys on, on numerous occasions now. Uh, and every time I come here, I, I always leave with something. I always get blessed by the Lord. So I just um, I really just want to thank you. And uh, I just want to know that as a group, you know, we want to honor you guys for being here, you know, for being steadfast and being faithful. And, uh, you know, if you're new to the Lord and maybe you're just starting in that faithfulness, I mean, I just want to encourage you to stick with it, just to stick with it, just to keep going, keep progressing. And that's kind of what I want to talk to you. Um, it's kind of what the Lord has, has put in my heart for these uh, last two years. Um, a little bit about myself. I was kind of on a, a 10 year sabbatical from the Lord, we'll call it. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought I was taking a break, but there wasn't a lot of rest involved, if you know what I'm saying. So um, I, I was kind of running away for a long time. And uh, just a little bit of my testimony is, is I grew up in the church, uh, a church of about 900 members. Uh, when I was a kid, they were, they were building this, this giant church sanctuary. It was just this beautiful, I got this beautiful stained glass thing going on. And, uh, you know, they had the biggest productions in our area. It was in Grove, Oklahoma. I don't know if you've ever been there. But that's where I grew up. I grew up in Grove at uh, Cornerstone Church, uh, 
back in the day. It's a Baptist church now. And, uh, you know, I always knew the Lord. I had had these experiences with God. I had had these moments where I would just be in the presence of God in, in a church camp meeting or, or in a service. And I would just it's so tangible. It's so it's almost like you could if you took a deep enough breath. It would just fill your lungs up with the presence of God, just so, so thick, so, so intimate. And, and in those moments, you know, as a child, uh, I never questioned, I, I never doubted, I never had any fears. I just trusted my father. I just trusted him. And as I got older, you know, and those influences of the world, you start to see more of the world. And, you know, those things start to pull on you, you know, from those outside sources. And, uh, you know, our, our parents, if, if we have godly parents, you know, some of us haven't had godly parents. And, you know, uh, sometimes we are just left to the elements, so to speak, of the world. And the world is able to, to pull on us and, and to try to drag us out of uh, the protection, out of our protection. And, you know, my parents were protective, um, but there were still things that, that got in at a, at a very young age. Uh, I think uh, 12 years old, I was uh, uh, introduced to pornography. Actually, I think it was before that. At a very, very young age, I went over to a friend's house, and uh, I was exposed uh, to those things at a very young age. So growing up, I, I dealt with a lot of that stuff as I got older, as I, as I started to mature. And, and I noticed a, a theme. It's like once uh, there's a little crack in the armor, you know, the enemy's always going to come at that crack. Because, you know, why would he start over? somewhere else and well you know i'm going to start over on the strong part of the armor no he's going to go after the weak part of the armor so he would just keep hitting it and keep hitting it and keep hitting it over the years and it, it would progress and it would it would change and you know it would go from um you know that that small thing to to something worse and uh you know i had uh very several of those and i came to uh to move in pittsburgh kansas my parents uh took uh, a church over in pittsburgh kansas and um that's uh where i've been living for the the last 10, 11 years before I came to Tulsa, to VBI. And, you know, I didn't have any friends. I came into a church of about uh, six um, very, very elderly people, um, very traditional, uh, uh, you know, and my dad was coming in and, and just um, my dad's very pastoral. You know, so uh, he's not he's not really like prophetic, you know, like prophetic people. They'll get in your face. They'll be like, hey, you got this wrong with you. And, you know, they just kind of air it out. You know, they're not trying to embarrass you or anything, but they'll tell you what's up. They really will. They will just they will straight up tell you and they do it in love, you know, unless they're in the flesh, then they, you know, aren't doing it in love. But, but you know, if they're in the spirit, they're going to do it in love. Those those prophetic type personalities and, you know, they'll air it out. But, you know, my dad's very pastoral and, and he'll do that from time to time. But he just loves the people. And it's been kind of like a, a spiritual hospital, so to speak. And. You know, I was there. I didn't have really any friends. And we had one uh, one boy that was coming in. And he would take me out to uh, to their farm and stuff. And, and the guy smoked like two packs of Marble Reds a day. <laughs> you know, he's like he's like he's he's uh, he's like 16 years old and he's doing what most college kids are doing, you know. And it's just all of a sudden I'm dropped into this like war zone. And and I have no idea what to do. It's like my protection is completely gone. And they're telling me that if I want to uh, if I want to be friends with them, if I want to be in with them, then I have to conform to what they're doing. And, you know, I started smoking at about 14 years of age. Uh, I got drunk for the first time at about 14 years and exposed very young. And, you know, it only really kind of progressed. But I, through this timeline of my life, I would always see these these moments of God's glory. 
And, you know, I would go to a church camp and my parents would do this church camp in, in Missouri at this place called uh, Camp Smoky. Had lots and lots of fun. And I just remember like the Lord, I'd be sitting, I'd be sitting down in my seat and somebody be preaching. I, I don't even remember what they preached about. All I know it was the word. And I felt like that there was this, this just tugging on my heart, like so hard that it's almost like it makes you uh, just shake because it's just so strong. It's that, it's that gravitational pull. You know, I was a child of God. I had been filled with the Holy Spirit at seven years old. I accepted Christ. I knew who he was. I knew who he was, but these hurts, these, uh, these influences had come into my life and I was confused and I was also, you know, coming into a stage where I was rebellious, where I didn't trust the Lord with all my heart. And I leaned on my own understanding. And what happens is that, you know, this isn't just ours. You know, our mind is kind of middle ground. We're going to have thoughts that aren't from from the Lord. You understand. And, you know, people can put things they can try to put things into you. There's a story. Uh, it's called uh, in the Bible. It's highlighted death in the pot. It's in Second Kings, I think, like 15. And there's this pot. And uh, uh, Elijah is, uh, yeah, I think it's Elijah. Elijah's there, and there's this pot, and this guy brings something out from the field. And uh, the guys are hungry. His, uh, he's got, like, this kind of, um, I don't know, it's like the X-Men of the Old Testament. It's like prophets. They all hang out with Elijah. And this is them having church, you know. you got these Old Testament guys, and they're all the, you know, the super prophets we hear from the Lord and all that stuff. They're all the, you know, uh, religious guys back in the day. And they're all kind of hungry, and they're, uh, they're getting fed, you know, from this, this pot or whatever. And then they take a, somebody threw a vine in from the field. And all of a sudden, one of the guys spikes up, and he says, there's death in this pot. What is, what is he saying? He's saying there's, there's poison in this. There's poison in this pot. And um, so Elijah says uh, to one of the guys to, to go um, to get him some flour. He gets some flour and he throws it in. And, you know, we think of Jesus called himself the bread of life. If you look in the New Testament, you know, that is the life. That is the, uh, the unveiling that you can plug into the Old Testament. It will reveal that symbolism to you. If you know the New Testament, if you look at the words of Jesus and you go back into the Old Testament, you'll begin to see the types and shadows and the Lord, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you what it's saying. You know, we, we look at that pot, you know, we think of a pot, it's a vessel. Okay, it's a vessel. They're cooking, they're, they're cooking up stuff. And, you know, and I've talked about this before, you know, what's it, what's in your pot, you know? If you if you like thought about it right now, well, what do I got in my pot? So, you know, because we're vessels, the Bible says that we're vessels. You know, we're kind of like the earth. You can plant a seed. The earth is a vessel. What grows out of you? You know, can people eat out of us? You get what I'm saying? You're a vessel. You hold things in. So what's your purpose? Your purpose is to be poured out, to fill, to provide for other people. So something came, an element came into this pot. And it was a vine from the field. You know, we think about that field. Sometimes uh, people go out into the world and they take things out of the world and they bring it back with them to the people that they know and they start to put it in. You get what I'm saying? The field is kind of like that world. You know, he took that. He had no idea what he was doing. He had no idea that that plant was poisonous, but he took it up out of that field thinking that it would bring nutrition, that it would be provision, that it would add something to what these prophets were eating, and he, and he put it inside that pot. And the men recognized it instantly. So what does our prophet do? He takes flour. Now, flour is the ingredient that is used to create bread. Jesus called himself the bread of life. If you look in John 1, 1, it says that he's the word. So he throws that flour into that pot. 
You following me? He throws that flour into the pot and then they eat of it. And it says that they could all eat of it. The poison was gone. The death was out of the pot. You know, that's kind of what God was doing with me over that timeline. He would put that flour in my pot. You know, where all the poison had been because people had kept taking that vine out of the field and putting it in me. And they keep going back out to the field and they pick up that vine and they put it in me. And I kept thinking, you know, I, I don't, you know, this is good, but I, I'm getting the satisfaction. But I was caught in the middle. And so I'd be at these, these camps and, and I'd just be worshiping or I'd get up at, towards an altar call and I would just do my, my thing where I, I'd get down and I'm like, oh, God, help me. And, you know, part of me would just be so surrendered to God at that altar. And the week later, you know, two weeks later, a month later, you know, those same elements would start to come back in. That guy would come out of the field and he'd be like, hey, look what I found. And maybe I don't recognize this one. Maybe it's a little different, but it's always the same. And it would always pull on my attention. It would always want me to to come after it. And, you know, I would say, well, hold on, God. I'm just going to I'm just going to check this out for a second. OK, I'm going to look at this just for a second. And, you know, before I knew it, you know, what does the Bible say? You know, two people can't walk together unless they're agreeing on where they're going. Right. Unless they're in agreement, they can't walk together. So I'd be like, God, okay, you hold on just a second. But God's still walking, and God never leaves us or forsakes us. But you get what I'm saying. I'm going in the opposite direction. As soon as I took my attention, my focus off what he was doing. So God put it in my heart this year that the calling, the, the burning desire that I have for people is to see more in their life. Because I went through such a period of of dissatisfaction. You know, you can stand in the middle ground, but you're not going to get the full benefit either way. You get what I'm saying? You can live fully in the world, and you're going to reap the benefits and the consequences, or you can reap the blessing of God. But if you stand in the middle, you're not going to have that knowledge of who Christ is, of who God can be inside of you. Because you haven't committed your whole heart. You know, and sometimes that's just because we don't know. And sometimes we do know. But we don't trust. Sometimes there's a vine in our lives. There's something that's, you know, I remember the story of uh, Jesus is in one of the tabernacles. And and there's this woman there. And uh, she's got a crippled hand. Does anybody remember the story in Luke? And she's in there and, and the religious people don't want that hand to be healed. You know, because why? Because of their rules, of their regulations, of of the things that they had held on to. You know, they trusted in man-made rules more than they did in the Word of God. You know, if you uh, do some study, you know, the Pharisees had come up with so many extra rules that it was impossible to keep them all. It was completely impossible. And so people were just burdened with it and, and laden with it. And it's just, you know, there's this yoke on their back and they're, they're trying to, to plow the field and, and it's just not working. They're tired. They're exhausted for, for years and years and years. And Jesus takes this woman and, and she's got this crippled hand. And, and I just I always remember what he says. He, he tells her to stretch out her hand, to stretch it out. You know, and we think of that verse, um, you know, if you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. 
You know, some of us have got that crippled hand, so to speak. And, you know, there are people in our lives that are telling us that we can't stretch out that hand because of some religious reason, some religious rhyme or reason, some tradition. You know, you can't have Jesus because even though Jesus said this, you can't have it because this is the way we've always done it. This is how it is. And, you know, Jesus is saying, stretch out your hand. He's not worried about them at all. Jesus doesn't stop his glory for men's ideas. He never has. He never will. He says, stretch out your hand. He disregards those men. He's teaching them. He loves them. But he's not going to stand and let his glory be covered up because of man's tradition. And that's one of those things that that hinders us in that growth process, in that producing fruit. You know, you think about a seed in the ground, and when it comes up out of that ground, you know, it's just a little stem. And, you know, a little plant. You know, a plant knows instinctively. It, It doesn't have a brain, okay? It doesn't have conscious thoughts, so to speak. But a plant knows its own nature. The cells inside of it know what to do. It knows how to grow. A plant does not resist growth. But people do. You understand? You know, we're always referenced to to that natural, you know, Paul says in Romans 1, that you can look at the natural world and you can see the nature of God. Now, we live in a fallen world, so you can also see the nature of the curse as well. But you can see that production. You know, you look at that little stem when it's growing up out of the ground and it's just it's just a little plant. It's a little guy. If the wind blows, what does that thing do? You know, it's it's all over the place. You know, if you're a baby Christian, you want to stay a baby Christian. Guess what your life's going to be like? Your whole life, you're just going to be blown in the wind. You're going to be subject to the environment around you. And you know what would happen eventually with that plant? Let's say it's a, an orange tree. You know what would happen with that plant is, is if it just decided, you know, well, God, I'm not going to go with your plan of growing. So I'm just going to stay this little plant. And plants can't do this, obviously, hypothetically speaking. And so this plant's there. And eventually something it's going to happen. Somebody's going to step on it. It's going to, it's going to, you know, snow and it's going to die. It's just, it's not in a condition to where it can protect itself from the elements. So as it starts to grow, you know, it starts to get a little bit stronger. Its roots start to get deeper in that earth, so to speak. It's kind of like the word of God in us because, you know, we're vessels, right? We're kind of like that earth. We're kind of like that, that ground, you know, uh, the value of a vessel is, is what you put inside of it, Right. What is it holding? What's inside of it? You know, so if you look at that ground, that seed, you know, Jesus always talks about the word is like seed, the parable of the sower. I'm I'm speaking a little Christianese, but I know you guys are keeping up with me, right? All right. Okay. So parable of the sower, Jesus talks about the word. It's kind of like seed, you know, it goes on the hard ground and it it gets uh, trampled or uh, the enemy comes and steals it away. It gets in rocky ground and, uh, you know, it receives the word uh, with joy, um, but eventually it dies out because it can't get its roots in or uh, or the thorns. It smothers the plant. It's the worries of the world. You know, that word is growing up. So we're like that plant. You know, the word is inside of us, right? Jesus is the word. He lives in us. So we're growing up. All right. So what's caused that life inside of us is causing us to grow. If you're not growing, then you're decreasing, by the way. You're you're slowly letting yourself die. You're slowly walking away from the source of life. So as it grows up, you know, what happens to a to a tree as it starts to get bigger? You know, that that stem starts to turn into a trunk. 
starts to get a little bit stronger. You know, if I went out to one of these trees out here, you know, and are to the grass and the trees, and I, I could pull up a little piece of grass. You know, that's easy. I can uproot that thing. You know, you know, it's kind of like when I was a teenager and somebody would come up and be like, hey, we're going to this party. You know, I'm just this little thing. I had never fed myself. I never read. I never prayed. I never I never did anything. And I just went to church and I had fun with my friends. And, you know, somebody would be coming up, hey, do you want to go to this party with us? I don't have any root system holding me in the ground. So, uh, yeah, I'm, that sounds like a great idea. Pluck. I'm just plucked up from the ground. You know, but as I've started to, to mature and start to get in the word and start to pray, you know, I'm starting to feel like less affected by my circumstances. You know, it talks about joy in the Bible. The difference between joy and happiness is this. Happiness depends on your circumstance, right? Okay, so if I get a lottery ticket and it, I just win a million dollars, I'm probably going to be like pretty happy, right? So what happens if I look on the back of that lottery ticket and I see that it was for the last lottery and the numbers aren't right? I'm going to be sad. <laughs> okay? So happiness is circumstantial, but joy is, you know what? I don't need a lottery ticket because God's my provider. Okay? Okay? So I know that I can go in life, and no matter what's going on around me, it's, what, it's kind of what Paul was talking about. It's kind of what Edwin was talking about, that no matter what the circumstance, I can keep that joy because my faith is in the Lord. My trust is in the Lord. I know that I can walk and progress and move in Him. And no matter what it looks like, He's taking me from glory to glory. To glory. Because that's who he is. He's ever expansive. He keeps moving out. He keeps going. His joy increases. He's greater. The angels in the throne room of God cover their eyes and they cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. You know, who was and is and is to come. And they've been doing that forever. And guess what they're going to keep doing forever? Because they keep having these revelations of the greatness, the glory of God. He never gets old. He never gets boring. But we limit ourselves. We limit our God here on earth. We do. We say, you know what, God, I know, you know, I know a lot about God. Yeah, I know the scriptures. I've read the scriptures. And, you know, we think that just because we've read the Bible a couple of times, we can know all there is. Do you think you got Jesus figured out yet, guys? You know, Jesus is simple. But I'll tell you what, his glory is infinite. It goes on forever. You know, the Bible's kind of like an onion, so to speak. It's kind of like an onion. You know, uh, it has layers, <laughs> you know? You know, people say that about themselves sometimes, but most of their layers are on the outside. You can see it. You know, what, what's in comes out. But, you know, I could, go to, um, I could go to the parables of Jesus. You know, I read the book of John when I first got, I went to Ghana, and I uh, rededicated my life to Christ um, and just had just an awesome time with God. He restored me and just in the most loving way possible. And, you know, I read that book of John, and I was like, wow, that's, that's incredible. And I got all this this information out of it and i got this revelation out of it you know he he told me in uh, in the 15th chapter of john he said you know i chose you before you ever chose me before you were ever born i knew your name i knew who you were going to be and i chose you and i was just like whoa you know you get that revelation when was the last time you guys had a revelation Do you guys get revelation on a regular basis because that's your life you know that when you know what god thinks about you when you keep getting into that word, you know, but I might go to the book of John now and it's been uh, it's been about two years and I might read through this and I might see something in there that I have just I never knew was in there. Or maybe I'll just read it a different way and the Holy Spirit will just reveal it to me. Because why? Because God's limitless. Jesus is limitless. The word is limitless to produce in your life. And, you know, without that, you're going to stay that little sprout. 
You're going to stay that little plant. But what happens when you start to get that word, that water, that life, that nutrition in you? What happens to a tree? It starts to grow bark. It starts to get thick. Its skin gets thick. You can't just come up and kick that thing over and stomp it in the ground anymore. It's going to take a bulldozer or something real big. You get what I'm saying? If I went out to one of those trees out there, I can't pull it up out of the ground. It's got a root system. You know, so if somebody came up to me and now, hey, Caleb, you want to go party with us? You want to go, you know, you want to you want to do that? No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that because I have tasted and I've seen that the Lord is good. And I know that what you're dishing out is not even an appetizer compared to what he's got. He's got a seven course meal. And I'm seated at the, the marriage supper of the lamb. I'm spending an eternity with him. I've tasted and I've seen that he is life and that more abundantly. So what I'm saying to you today is that there is a purpose on your life and you have to grow. You have to produce because you won't be satisfied otherwise. But that's not why. God's love. He is the expression, the manifest form of love itself. It's source. Anything that you enjoy on this earth at some point has its beginning in God. It might not be in the right context. You know, that's what our problem is, is because we don't trust God to meet our needs. That's why we sin. We have, we have wants and desires in our hearts, but we don't trust God, so we go out and sin. Because we, you know, God, you're not, you're not providing this for me, so I'm just going to go off. We don't trust him. We don't trust that he's going to bring it about at the perfect timing. That he's going to manifest it in this earth when it's going to bring the most fulfillment, the most satisfaction. And not just that. Don't limit him to your ideas. That's why you have to know the word. You have to know what's in here. You, if you don't grow in this, you're not going to grow at all. So what kind of tree are you? Some of us are orange trees and some of us are apple trees. And, you know, we're not all the same tree. Okay. Not all of us are going to get up on a microphone and just, you know, pour ourselves out. I believe everyone has a testimony to share. And your testimony has that power because God used his resurrection power in your life. It's living inside of you. So when you share that testimony, it's released and it produces faith in other people. So share your testimony by all means. But, you know, some people are a different type of tree. You know, you think about uh, it talks in the Bible like cedars of, of Lebanon and things like that. They would take uh, the Israelites would take these trees and they would they would build houses out of them. And, you know, some of you might be a shelter for people. You know, some of you, uh, you might produce fruit in a way that is going to feed people. Some of you might be teachers, you know, and you're sharing, you're pouring out your heart in a way that people are going to get fed the word of God. You know, some people speak it and some people live it a little more than the other, but it's a combination of the two. You understand? So what I want more than anything in the world, and I, and I was just talking to God this week. I was like, God, I, I have these, all these desires. I want to see people grow. I want to see people produce. I want to see people uh, go after your Holy Spirit because how, the church, the Holy Spirit's like that weird uncle Everybody thinks that he's just, no, he's, he's that production of God on the earth now. Jesus sent him. You know, everybody says the Holy Ghost, but you realize it's the Spirit of Christ. It is Jesus. 
It's the third person. He's a person. And we don't treat him like a person. We treat him like some weird uncle that we don't want at our party. We want to play our board games without him looking over our shoulder. You get what I'm saying? And in the church, there's just such a lack. You know, there's so many people that are so dry and they're wondering, why am I struggling so much? Why, Why is it every time I try to do ministry, I just feel like so heavy or I have to just pull it. I, it's like I'm trying to pull this, this heavy bucket out of a well and it's stuck on the side of the well. It's because the Holy Spirit is that, is that lubricant for the gears in the body of Christ. He provides that. And a lot of us are tapping into it. You know, you want that water to grow your tree? It's the spirit of life. It's the river of life. God is spirit. We worship him in spirit and in truth. If you're not in tune with the spirit... You're not going to produce the way that he wants you to. Now, we have a measure, but if you aren't filled with the Holy Ghost, if you don't have that inside of you, it's not going to manifest in the same way. You understand? He said his yoke is light. If you're feeling heavy this morning, turn to Jesus, turn to the Spirit of God, because he said that's not what he wanted for you. You know, there's no condemnation anymore. You have to understand who he's growing you to be. I'm going to turn it back over to Edwin here in just a second. And my heart just for for the body of Christ as a whole and, and for you here is that wherever you are in your walk with Christ, whether you're that stem, which is okay to be a stem. It's okay if you just started this life, if you just started growing, it's okay. That's where you are. But you have to go with the nature of God. You have to produce. You have to grow. If you don't, something is going to push you into one area or another where you're going to have to grow. Do you understand? You know, and you might be at that place where, you know, your branches have started to spread and your influence has spread. And, you know, what you say has weight in people's lives. But you have to keep producing fruit through the seasons. You know, that tree might be full grown, but it's got to keep producing fruit. You don't want to be like that fig tree that didn't produce. You have to keep season after season. You'll go through seasons where maybe you don't produce that fruit. It's a time of rest. But then it's time to go again. So don't ever stop with the cycle. So I just want to encourage you guys today. Take in all that God has for you. Just let him fill you. Let him saturate you. Don't be satisfied. Let God stir that gift that's inside of you. And let it bear fruit. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Can we bow our heads for just a second? Why don't we bow our heads for just a moment? So many awesome things have been shared, but I just really sense in my heart you know, if there's anyone here this morning and you're here today and um, for whatever reason you realize you really have not surrendered your life to Christ as Savior. Maybe someone brought you or maybe um, you just happen to be here this morning and you're saying, you know, I want I, I, I want what Caleb was talking about. I want that relationship with God through Jesus Christ. If that's you this morning, I'm simply going to ask you to raise your hand where you're at, where everybody uh, has their Heads bowed and eyes closed. Anybody in this place, you're saying, that's me. Thank you, sir. Anybody else? 
Or maybe you're in this place. Thank you, ma'am. And you're saying, you know what? I have walked with God at one point, but for whatever reason, I'm away from him. But today, right now, in this moment, I want to recommit my life to Jesus. If that's you, go ahead and raise your hand. I want to see that. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Or maybe you're in the the, the third category. You've given your life to Christ. You're walking with him. But there's this pull that's been trying to come to pull you back into some things. And you're saying, man, I want somebody to agree with me in prayer. I'm going to take a stand today. With God's strength, with God's ability, that's you. I want you to raise your hand. Amen. Thank you all. Hallelujah. Could we stand for just a moment? Hallelujah. And you can still keep your eyes closed for just a moment. But if you raise your hand, I'm going to invite you to the front really fast to come join me in prayer. I'm going to lead you through a prayer right now. And then some of our team members are going to be here to agree and pray with you. Go ahead. Don't be shy. Come on. If you raise your hand, go ahead and come to the front. And as a sign of taking a step, thank you. Come on. Awesome things. You can just line up right here. Awesome things happen when we come into agreement. You can face me. Yeah. I'm going to ask some of our team members to come up and stand behind these. Anybody else? Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Someone, someone else. Thank you, sir. Lift your hand. Come on up. There is a place of freedom this morning. Could we all pray this prayer, even those that are in the seat? Say after me, Father. In the name of Jesus, today, I acknowledge that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Lord, I believe that you gave your life for me at the cross. You were buried and you were raised from the dead. And I surrender my life to you, afresh and anew, right now. Fill me with your spirit. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Go ahead and lead us in that. And while Taylor's singing, we're going to lay hands on these very quickly. Thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you for my brother right now. Touching me in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. I thank you for divine strength. In Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. I will Yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for that right now. In the name of Jesus. Could we sing that together? In your freedom, I will live. In your freedom. In your freedom, I will live. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name, right now. Divine restoration. Mm. I offer devotion. Yeah, in your freedom I will live. Break it up. In your freedom I will live. That's right, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Hallelujah. There are those that are here that you are you pray for people, your team. You can come up and help us pray. Thank you, God. That's right. That's right. Could we sing that just one more time? In your freedom. In your freedom I will live. In your freedom I will live. I offer devotion. I offer devotion. Lord God, I thank you this morning for this time we've had together, Lord God. And I not only pray for those that are in the front, but Lord, we agree for everyone that's a part of this body. Lord God, that you give us divine strength the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord God. Lord, to live the abundant life you promised for us. And Lord, we thank you that in this world you said there would be tribulation, but to be of good cheer because you have overcome the world and we're more than conquerors in you. So, Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Come on, out loud, begin to thank him right now. Begin to express your praise and your love. Go ahead. Go ahead in your own words. Lord, I thank you. We give you praise. We give you praise. Yeah, that's right. We give you glory, God. We give you honor. And we thank you, Jesus. You are such a good God. We love you and we glorify you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Amen. God is good, isn't he? You know, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you this week. Don't just let... I know the Lord's been working in our hearts today and challenging us, encouraging us, motivating us, setting us free, decisions we've made. I want to encourage you not just to let this be an experience that happens and ends as you leave, but allow him to engage you this week as you spend time with him and say, okay, Lord, what do I do now? How do I take the next step so that I can continue in this and just not let it start and die on this Sunday, Sunday afternoon? Okay, he may, give, he may encourage you to talk to someone. But I just want to encourage you just to keep moving forward. And the one thing I want to encourage you to with is he does not expect you to walk the walk with him alone. That's why he created his fellowship, his body. And ladies, I want to encourage you, if you haven't signed up yet, to do what you can to go to the women's conference this week.